everyone. This is Alicia Halliday, and this is the ASF Weekly Science Podcast. I know last week was a genetics update, and I'm hesitant to do two in a row, but I want to put a plug in for why genetic testing is so important. A recent study examined the experiences of genetic testing in families with autism, and only 22% that their kids had undergone genetic testing. Those of that 22% were mostly the ones that knew about it and that their primary health care provider promoted it. Again, of those 22% who did do it, about 40% admitted that they didn't really understand what the point was. They just did it because their doctor told them to. Well, I want to give you a sense from scientists about why some families are benefiting from genetic testing, and not just to answer the question about whether autism is genetic or not. This week, a paper came out about rare genetic disorders, which are genetic disorders affecting fewer than 200,000 individuals in the United States per gene, or one in 2,000 individuals for a particular gene, not total of rare genetic disorders, but individual genetic disorders. Rare genetic disorders can be caused by the alteration of single nucleotides in one gene or entire chromosomes with hundreds of genes or anything in between. So there really isn't a genetic restriction on the size or the scope of a rare genetic disorder other than they affect a gene that results in some pretty impairing symptoms. Though they are individually rare, the contribution of rare genetic disorders to human morbidity is substantial with 18% of protein coding genes currently implicated in rare genetic disorders. They also seem to affect the central nervous system disproportionately. 74% of people with a rare genetic disorder have some sort of central nervous system dysfunction. Rare genetic disorders are diagnosed in at least 40% of cases of people with developmental delay and up to 20% of cases with autism spectrum disorder. That's up to 20%. That number is still somewhat variable. I should also say that rare genetic disorders affect the cardiovascular system, the motor system. They can result in seizures, gastrointestinal problems, spasticity, hypertonia, and intellectual disability. So autism isn't the only thing to worry about. They predominantly affect brain function, but of course these genes are all over the body and they can affect systems across the body, causing severe and profound disability, not just subtle signs of autism. In fact, those with autism and intellectual disability have a higher rate of rare damaging variants than those with normal IQ. It seems that common variants, not rare variants, are more important in people with autism with high or normal IQs. Now, while they contribute specifically to autism, intellectual disability, and epilepsy, they also contribute modestly or not that much to other neuropsychiatric disorders like ADHD, schizophrenia, and Tourette's syndrome. And they almost contribute very, very little to things like depression. So these are rare genetic diseases that cause profound disability. And a lot of times people are wheelchair bound for life, do not speak, have IQ that can't even be measured, chronic seizures, and severe medical comorbidities. These families are desperate for help, and yes, they want a cure. The bright spot is that genes have been identified and pharmaceutical companies are focusing on targets of these genes because there is a target and there is a known molecular pathway. I say there is A, but there's still a lot that we need to know. 
I'm mentioning all this because genetic testing can help reveal these rare genetic mutations and in some cases, give a name to a rare genetic disease that allows doctors to provide more efficient and effective treatments for across-the-body symptoms. Families have also joined together to form patient advocacy groups to help each other, provide support, fund research, and more importantly, a better understanding of the symptoms and collective information for doctors who may or may not have ever seen a patient with that known rare genetic disorder. Remember, not everyone lives in New York City or Los Angeles. The authors of this study note that at the same time, the importance of this research is not limited to those diagnosed with rare genetic disorders. It has the potential to provide key insights into those without a known genetic mutation, also called idiopathic autism, which is really the more common form of autism. Examining a pathway is not so simple. Because rare genetic disorders are genetically defined, they provide an unparalleled opportunity to understand the pathophysiology of psychiatric domains and conditions. First, you have to link the gene to a biological consequence in a cell or different type of cell, and then connect that functional change in cells, which may then link to a behavior of interest. This is where the interest is because this is where drug therapies are found. This includes both biological bench approaches and using bioinformatics to link data that has already been collected for decades around the world by labs that some researchers don't even know about. I'm sure you've all heard efforts to use animal models in these rare genetic disorders and then move to drug therapy, and it's not always successful. In the past decade, there's been clinical trials of drugs that seem to work in animal models, but don't seem to work that well in humans. These include fragile X, tuberous sclerosis, or Rett syndrome, all rare genetic diseases associated with autism. There are many reasons why not. For example, one reason is that the outcomes in people are more complex than in animals. Also, gene dosage is important because too much and too little can cause symptoms. Also, some other concern may be that someone is too old for these drugs to work, so why bother looking for medications? Well, actually, yes, they can work. Medications for seizures and psychosis can work at any time. Others may need to be given a little earlier. Autism is never totally reversible, but some symptoms associated with autism are. The authors state, and I quote, the challenges and opportunities presented above require coordinated efforts among the community of stakeholders, that's you, to fund, execute, coordinate, and communicate research. Patient and family-based organizations fulfill an essential role by providing support and decreasing isolation experienced by patients and caregivers. These organizations also have a key role in forming interactive networks that connect them with researchers and healthcare systems. So this is where Autism Science Foundation gets involved. ASF has formed a network of these patient advocacy groups for rare genetic disorders associated with autism called AGENDA. That stands for the Alliance for the Genetic Etiologies of Neurodevelopmental Disorders in Autism, and so far includes a dozen of these rare genetic diseases associated with autism. The goal is to share knowledge and resources across these organizations so they're not doing things at the same time. Many families are identified through genetic testing, which can be done through SPARC, which I mentioned last week. The overarching goal is to bring together these rare diseases associated with autism to facilitate cross-genetic studies where autism and neurodevelopmental disorders, including intellectual disability, is a common outcome. 
so we can work together and be more efficient in developing things like animal models, identifying circuits, putting data in registries, building biomarkers, and working with drug companies and other industry to develop products to help families. Agenda includes scientists, clinicians, and industry because these groups are crucial partners in each part of what needs to be done to help families with rare genetic diseases. Ultimately, this will help all people with autism. These registries I just mentioned are literally a treasure of information to help doctors diagnose, predict, understand, and advise families. They share their experiences with each other and improve services. The point of all this is that you don't know you have a rare genetic disorder without being tested. There's something to be said about that knowledge, that knowledge of a genetic disease for medical care, for helping understand the future, the present, and what works and probably won't. Now, here's a secret. I've posted this article on the Agenda website if you want to learn more. It's right on the homepage. Thank you all for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.